0: Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comments Podcast, episode 222. My name is Avery wow. Brook. I'm here with Nathan Simmons. Nathan, we missed you so much. Man,
1: it it feels like I'm coming home, right? Like I, I <laughs> the the grand return, the return of the king, if you will. No. Oh, yes. Crown the king, crown him. This is I, I can't <laughs> tell you how much. And look, maybe this is a sad thing. Maybe this is a sad admission. Admission. No. I love uh, it admission, already. Don't know what you're going to say. But um I, I I did not realize how integral to my mental health and well-being mm. doing this show with you every week oh, is.
2: Thank you, because yeah. man,
1: it, it, like we've just been shooting the breeze this morning, mm-hmm. catching up, talking. I I went through a move. You yep. you were out of town. Like we yep. were. We've just had so much going on, and it is so wonderful to finally be able to just sit back down and talk comics.
0: We basically get to recenter ourselves while everyone listens and recenters themselves on yeah, Sunday. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, it, we, while while everyone's resting, uh, we are <laughs> reading. I don't know. I got nothing. It's been a long week.
0: <laughs> I wonder how many people how many people are in like nursing a hangover while listening to the show on Sundays, you suppose.
1: Oh man, that's a good 10%, question. One yeah, percent. Last yeah. week, I will tell you, I was I was uniquely <laughs> oh, that's excited right. to be off for the weekend because yeah, yeah. I I did have the worst hangover of my thirties. I'm yeah, hoping yeah. it's the worst hangover of my thirties. Uh, so. My neighbor was just telling me he did a sauna, Totoro? sauna,
0: a sauna uh-huh. for uh, eight hours or sort of six hours, and he had the worst hangover from it. Really. Cause it just leached all it, yeah, the water it gets, out of them. Yeah, that's
1: that's so wild. Old mm. good old fashioned sweat box.
0: <laughs> I don't really. I'm not a fan of soda. I'm, I'm like, not even. I'm in there. I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna sit here. What the
1: I'm hell? I'm just gonna sit here and be hot. I know. It makes be no warm. sense.
0: Be <laughs> warm. I know. It's no fun. Yeah, but anyway, uh, no. It's great to have you back. You, yeah, you Thanks, moved. Man. We ha- Chris Hasson came on. Mm-hmm. We had a blast. Crushed doing it. the Show, of course. And then last week we did a weird show where I just talked for like ten minutes and then we listened to mm-hmm. me and. Kenny Porter talk about Flash, the fastest man alive. Yeah. This week we have Kurt Pierce on to talk about you've, you've been, been canceled. canceled. Oh, I love that. They should have that like audio play when you open the book. cancel <laughs> Wait, they need that. You know how Hallmark has those cards that like mm-hmm. you open? Do that for comics, guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. You open that. up uh, Carnage twenty ninety nine. uh You hear Woody Harrelson just be like, "Hey, it's uh. the future." Like. <laughs> but it's in canon uh not the movie canon i've never um... attempted a woody harrelson impression before and that was bad
0: (laughs) well you know there's always time to improve Um, of course kurt talks all about this book that's uh actually the foc is monday for retailers but Mm -hmm. it's coming out in june it's from mad cave and uh it's 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 crazy art violent uh, adult comic for sure but Kurt's been on the show a couple times and mm-hmm. I have to say it's nothing like anything else he's ever done. No. So.
1: I I was like, yeah, I I I it 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 hit me halfway through reading the first issue that I was just like this is he's currently writing Indigo Children, which is like <laughs> like totally so different and mm-hmm. uh, it's just it is it is a wild swing. So we dig
0: into that, so you'll get a four, a full 411 mm-hmm. on that series. But before we get to that, as always, we're going to recap the news, review our favorite comics of the week, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about next week, too. But holy moly, there's some big news this week. There was. Possibly the biggest ever on this podcast. I don't know, not really. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman is going to get a daughter mm-hmm. named Trinity, a.k.a. Lizzie, uh, introduced in Wonder Woman number 800, which is coming up in a few weeks. Trinity the Tuck yeah so this is a story that takes place in the future mm-hmm. and then when Tom King takes over on Wonder Woman it mm-hmm. will then be the past so I somehow we're going to lead up to the introduction of this this daughter character
1: yeah but did you, did you get the feeling that a lot of people were skipping the, <clears throat> excuse me, that a lot of people were skipping the fact that it was a future story, like on uh, Twitter, like there were a lot of reactions of just like, yeah. how does this make any sense? And i were like, well, <laughs> if you read the next paragraph of the press release... Right.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people just see the headline and just react Mm -hmm. that way, which is unfortunate because you would think they would know better because you fall into a trap of not knowing key details and showing that you didn't actually read.
1: Are you telling me the people on Twitter are reactionary?
0: (laughs) What? No, it couldn't be. Uh Um, This was interesting to me in part because it's giving away a huge thing Uh pretty early. It's like they wanted to get ahead of people making judgments, so get excited now, I suppose. The, there's really no information uh, that was given beyond the fact that it's a f- story set in the future. Right. Her name and a picture of her, which is drawn by Daniel Semper, which will also mm-hmm. be a variant cover for the first issue of Wonder Woman. But this design, I think it rocks. It I rips. It looks really yeah.
1: cool. I mean, it's it is it's literally Yara Floor meets uh, <laughs> Donna Troy, right? Like that's yep. like yep. the design. And it. I, I mean, that was also one of my first reactions was like, so I guess DC is just like, gonna pretend Yara never happened at this point which is so odd to me because that character had such a huge push like th- this time last year the log line was the new trinity is is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. Jace sort of John shifting. and Yara and mm-hmm. that's just not now we literally have the new trinity and it's a character um, but I, I do, I do, I love the three lassos. I think that's really cool. I love... What does that
0: mean, do you suppose? I do don't each one have know. different powers?
1: Yeah, maybe one is like an antimatter lasso or something. One's like, black, one's
0: white, one's yellow. Obviously, the yellow one is the lasso of truth.
1: Right. Um, and then, and I like this idea that she kind of grew up as like the little sister of, of uh, you know, John and Damien in a lot of ways, which kind of right. carries on from uh, Mitch and Tom's, you uh, Mr. Miracle setup. You're mm. right with mm-hmm. them babysitting Jack.
0: Right, uh, right.
1: Yeah, I like I like all of the things that they're saying about this new character, and I love the design. It was interesting. Um,
0: I got to read both of the books: Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 800. Mm-hmm. I'm Wonder Woman Wonder one and and number 800, and uh, I can't say anything. But mm-hmm. DC was very much like only say these things. Okay, in this news, right? But then Tom King, throughout the day, was was answering people's questions. Uh huh. One of the questions was, "What about Yara Flora?" And he said, "No worries. She's really a big part of the story. She's oh, not good. going away. So that's good.
1: That's cool. I missed that. That makes me happy. Yeah,
0: it's easy to miss. I mean, it was like a random tweet. Um, and then he he answered other questions too. Uh, but it's I, I think it's kind of compelling that Superman now has a son, Batman has a son, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman has. I mean, they're the Trinity, right? Yeah. And maybe her name will change because Trinity's a little on the nose. Uh, Tom King actually in this it was an exclusive news from IGN. Um, mm-hmm. He actually attributed the name Trinity to a podcaster. So, I think you and I should maybe throw out more. Oh so yeah, Daryl Taylor,
1: right? Yeah, he said he said he just like. I went through 50 very bad names and when he said Trinity it just fit perfectly yeah I mean it's it's interesting it's
0: thematically it's kind of interesting compelling and you can play around with that sure so I, but I think every week maybe we should just lift off like who Cletus Cassidy's names are
1: okay uh, yeah maybe
0: Dylan Brock has a brother and so if we throw out the maybe, names, Dylan maybe has, yeah we Perhaps can end Johnny up in a press release <laughs> no but no, um, it's a very bold move. Uh, I think it's going to, I saw multiple people say, now I'm going to go pick up Wonder Woman. This mm-hmm. is intriguing to
1: me. Yeah, it did. That was the other thing. So some people were very like taken back by it. And then there were other folks who were like, this was the push I needed to check out this new series. And I, I just think that's a very interesting, uh, interesting thing to note.
0: Because usually people are mad about things like this. Uh-huh. I mean, the uh, the invention of Damien, I think, had a negative reaction. Oh, yeah, for John sure. John Kent, or even when John Kent was uh, uh, aged up. I'll be I'll be honest.
1: I'm one of the folks that it took a while to to come around to Damien. Uh, mm, and yeah. now he's like one of my favorite characters.
0: I mean, that was a hard sell. There was already yeah. multiple Robins. <laughs> right.
1: right, exactly.
0: But this is exciting, too. And... and uh, Speaking of Damien, like, mm-hmm. look at how much it's changed Batman in different ways. Uh, for the better. To, exactly. And, you know, before Grant Morrison came up with the idea, mm-hmm. Batman was kind of the same thing for decades. Maybe this will be the change Wonder Woman could, ha- could have that would really make her new and fresh for, for new readers.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: Other DC Comics news, which was actually revealed last Friday, but I didn't get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't get to talk about it with Nathan. Oh
1: man, I am. This is this is the big news <laughs> for me, man. I'm so stoked.
0: Yeah. So the new Golden Age was announced. It's this uh, three different series, uh, for uh, and they're all the Golden Age versions of these characters: Sandman, Green Lantern, and Flash. Mm-hmm. They're all six issue miniseries they're coming out, they're starting in October. And the mm-hmm. creative teams are pretty damn good, too.
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, you got Tim Sheridan and Cian Tormi on uh, Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Adams and Diego Olortegui on uh, Jake Eric the Flash. Uh, Adams can't quit Flash Man. No, and nor <laughs> should he, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Wesley Dodd's The Sandman by Rob Venditti and Riley Rosmo. I mean, first of all, these are three of my favorite characters. Like, oh know, really? I I, I man, nice. I fucking love especially especially Wesley Dodds. Like I love the like golden age Sandman and Sandman yeah. mystery theater, all that stuff. Um and these creative teams are just the, like genuinely so exciting. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, they're all titans in, in their own right mm-hmm. in certain
0: ways, if you've been reading their DC books, but also their, their animated projects too, right?
1: Right, yeah, absolutely.
0: I was actually wondering recently, like, where is Venditti? He has, after the Superman, uh, what was it, Superman 90, 78,
1: mm-hmm. he hasn't
0: really been doing stuff. But right. It's, it's good to see him back, because, I mean, he was a mainstay of DC for a long time. I
1: was a huge fan of, of his Hawkman run. Um, so getting to see him kind of play in a golden age playground again is very exciting as well. Um, and just the also Riley Rossmo drawing a very, uh, you know, kind of spooky character, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's giving me like the same kind of vibe as when Riley was working on The Shadow with uh, oh, with, sure. with uh, Orla- Steve Orlando a while back. that mm-hmm. um, just that's that's extremely exciting to me.
0: Yeah, it's all kind of spinning out of uh, Jeff Johns's mm-hmm. work on JSA, and uh, I think there's another one that he's doing. But um, yeah, it's, it's so it's all been building towards this, I suppose.
1: Yeah, uh, um, this so you've is been reading that book. Really cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. It's a, it's interesting to me too. Like having you know paid really close attention to mm-hmm. the news and and whatnot. Marvel has been doing these, you know. Uh, let's let's go back to the uh, golden age or the another era of Spider-Man or sure. whatever. And tell lost stories, and mm-hmm. it looks like DC's following suit a little bit with this idea.
1: Man, do you think? I mean, I, I assume James Robinson will just like never allow it to happen. But like, do you think that at some point we'll get like a Starman revival in some way? Like, I would, I would huh. love that so much. It has to have been pitched multiple times at this oh, point. Oh yeah, probably. Um, I imagine but, if he saw well they'll do another 3. Well, he's one of the few creators that DC has just been like, yeah, like we promised we won't touch the character without him. So like that's why Jack mm-hmm. Knight hasn't been in a comic since like 2002.
0: Mhm. Uh, right, right, but right.
1: man, I I'd, I'd loved I'd love to see one more story. Like I, like you said, like even if it's like oh, we're jumping back to the 90s to tell this story. Right, yeah, just another one. another another one. one. (laughs) And another one. Look, we're in the same mindset. Uh, In other
0: comics news, Mm -hmm. do you like Doomsday? I mean, I don't. I want to live. I Uh, don't
1: want the world to think. I mean, I don't want him around me, but I think he's pretty cool. The villain is getting his own series uh, from Dan Waters, Mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting. And he's going
0: to hell.
1: Is it a series (laughs) or is it just a... I think it's a one-shot.
0: It is. It's a 48-page one-shot. Eddie Barros is doing the art. Mm -hmm. He rules. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, And... It's interesting that Doomsday is like getting his own like thing. It's I mean that's very rare for Doomsday, but also why now? Well, Where and also he been up
1: to? it is. I mean, Dan Waters also knows a little bit about Hell thanks to his Lucifer <laughs> series, so very right. excited about that. And I mean, this is fully like leaning into the nostalgia of that that comes with this character as well. I mean, we're straight up getting the return of Bloodwind, which right. was like john jones's alter ego in the 90s it's not a particularly well uh fondly remembered story mm-hmm. arc but uh, i always thought he was very cool as a kid so i'm, I'm curious to see how that ties into the story um, right
0: supergirl's also factor into the tale
1: mm-hmm. and this uh this preview art is gnarly as hell yeah 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 and it's and it's also strange like the the Description of this, uh, DC's official description says, In the wake of Dark Crisis and Lazarus Planet, King Doomsday now sits on a throne (laughs) of skulls across a river of blood. And I'm just like, how does Lazarus Planet make that happen?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a no brainer when you read it out loud like that. Mm-hmm. Doomsday on a crown of skulls in
1: hell, like mm-hmm. kind of writes itself in a sense. This uh, this like sort of Frazetta-esque cover uh, I think is by Bjorn Berens, uh, and it just man, it is so intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like something. It's like biblical.
1: Yeah, biblical. Uh, and John Bogdanov doing a uh, a you know death metal variant cover. Uh, supergirl swinging a flaming guitar at doomsday <laughs> in hell i'm here That's for all weird. of this shit and all the demons in the background don't look like they're attacking they look like they're dancing they look like they're raving <laughs> they're like
0: yeah let's get it out oh man well you know i was when i first saw the news i was like oh it'd be kind of interesting to get some like
1: mm-hmm. character
0: work on doomsday but yeah, uh-huh. this may not be doing that, because it looks like Martian Manhunter and Supergirl are actually the main characters.
1: Which I'm fine with. I love both of them. So, yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah, that's, just, that's still very exciting.
0: You know a character that the internet likes... It goes uh, by Gene Gray. <laughs>
1: yeah, a, a character that people have very, very strong opinions about. Incredibly strong. They will fight you in the street about it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, Fall of X has introduced multiple series at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, mini series, I should say, more specifically. And they are introducing another mini series, a four issue one, mm-hmm. uh, called Gene Gray. I wonder what it's about. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one is written by uh, Louise Simonson with art by Bar- Bernard Chang, and it's uh, kicking off August 23rd. So a lot of people were gravitating towards this last transmission um, teaser that Marvel put out before they revealed the news. Yeah. And I think it's, I think the Kirk Cohen, if you translate it, it's something like rebirth. Nice. So people are wondering, is it something to do with the Phoenix?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I love this cover art. I love the logo treatment. I love this creative team. And it's still like the, these miniseries more than anything else. The uh, the solicit text. Has me so ready to find out what the hell is going to happen at the Hellfire Gala because some, I know
0: everything is building out of it. All
1: of them are just like after, and not even just like after Fall of X. It's like after the events of the Hellfire Gala, Jean's life is in shambles. Like something yeah. bad happens during the Gala itself this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess it's Orcus mm-hmm. killing, killing a ton of mutants. Well, and then, and then Simonson. I mean, I just. Put her on any X book and I'm immediately yeah. putting my money down. Yeah, I mean, they've got Anne Nocenti on uh, Storm coming out mm-hmm. next
0: week, uh, who was on X-Men Monday this week. Go check that out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've got these, you know, very important writers that helped build what we know of mm-hmm. the X-Men doing these books. That's pretty exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, oh, but there's some sad news from Marvel this week. Uh, Captain America finale number one is ending. Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly and Carmen Carnero's run on Captain America. Gosh, I still remember when they introduced Mm -hmm. this big idea of Captain America and this huge story arc. And it's finally come to the end. I I didn't realize it was going to be the end for them, though. Because, like, Cold War seems like the big... uh, you know f- i wouldn't say
1: final but like the mm-hmm. final
0: the finality of their first
1: strike yeah it doesn't track. it felt like it was setting up the second half of whatever they're going to do right like right right right
0: but alas they uh the 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 press release doesn't exactly say they're done done, but they did say so on Twitter that yeah, this is it for them, yeah, for the I mean character. it
1: gets it's pretty clear when Jackson goes this series has been life changing for Colin and me, and you mm. know honestly we 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 keep every time they put out a new book, we're like, how many fucking books are these guys gonna write like and <laughs> right, it, right. and they're all high quality, um mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it is a bummer, I've really been enjoying this run, uh, but it sounds like they're gonna go out on a high,
0: totally, yeah, mm hmm
1: yeah, speaking of uh, ending runs, too, I, I think mm-hmm. Chip Zdarsky
0: tweeted on Saturday morning, um, he, he had just finished his final Marvel uh, due date or something, and he's done now. That doesn't mean he's done with Marvel forever, but that means... For the time
1: Daredevil. being, he's wrapped up all of his work for the for the publisher, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's likely going to be Daredevil as his last thing. Right. Because that's, that's wrapping up with, uh, with the latest story arc that they've been teasing as well. Mm-hmm. That's it for Marvel news. In our indie comics news section, mm-hmm. which has a little diddly that goes like this, boop 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 boop. boop, boop. I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty lame. Uh, is uh, the Boom Studios has got some? Uh, they've got a three now Kickstarter's going, mm. and they're all, of course, highly successful because mm-hmm. Boom is like the Kickstarter king of publishers. Mm-hmm. Well, they're adapting this nonfiction book, "Hunt for the Skinwalker," into a comic book by Zach Thompson and Valeria Burzo.
1: Yeah. Which I'm not super familiar with this, with this book. I, I, have heard the, I've heard of the skinwalkers, like the urban legend and all the stuff about Utah, but I didn't know the specific book. Um, so that's, that's really exciting. That's, Seems like it has the potential to be very scary. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's, I mean, when you say nonfiction paranormal, I kind of roll my eyes sometimes. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sure. The, the press release makes it clear that the New York Times, Wired, Newsweek, Vice, and
1: Joe the Rogan topping
0: interview on the Joe Rogan Ex- I can't believe Joe Rogan made it into this press release.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they were all part of a documentary in 2018 about this real-life mm-hmm. paranormal thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Zach Thompson is a great choice for something like this, I think. It's yeah. It's right in his wheelhouse, so that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's already been back, too, so it's definitely happening. Hell yeah. It's just one of many ways publishers have figured out uh, to how to... Um, pay for making comics and then publishing them into comic books uh, shops later mm-hmm. uh, and then call, color me confused by this next one when the press release came in I, I had to agree, very agree surprised to embargo to see this. Uh-huh. I, was like, I was like I'm was like, i agreeing to embargo to what now? Webtoon what and Discord yes uh-huh. that's right Discord, the thing you use as a chat app uh-huh. are teaming up for a webcomic called
1: Wumpus Wonder Ventures
0: <laughs> oh I like that it's like a country kind of thing. Uh, so <laughs> Discord Warface has like a little... Wonder
1: Ventures Jamboree.
0: <laughs> oh man. Did you ever see that SNL skit where um it was uh <laughs> This ice cream makes me feel like that? No. No, sorry. I'll put it in the I'll put it in the uh, Yeah,
1: I want to see that.
0: Uh anyway, uh so Discord has this little <laughs> icon, or not mm-hmm. icon, mascot, who's getting a four-issue webtoon story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's already started. Actually, you can read all four now. But if you read all four, here's the cool thing. You yeah. can get Discord Nitro for free for 30 days. What? A, that's an interesting incentive, right? I know. I was like... And, and then apparently, if you already have Discord, Discord Nitro, you can still get something out of this. Yeah. Ten free Webtoon coins, which
1: I didn't even know existed. This is... Really cute. This this book looks adorable. or this series looks adorable. Uh, it's apparently a dark comedy with time travel elements. You know what's weird though? I, I'm I'm scrolling through this press release, and at no point do they mention the writer or illustrator.
0: Yeah, it's do you one notice of these. That? It's like a manga outfit. It's like it's called Merriweather Media. Uh-huh. It's like a company that makes comics.
1: Okay, so so they so no no
0: creator is attached. But huh. if you go to Meriwether <laughs> Media's Twitter, yeah, there's a person uh, bent over getting railed from behind. No, there's uh, not. As their, yes, as their timeline photo. It's not. They're not nude. So there's. It takes some imagination to know what's happening. But I was like, wow, that's that's a bold choice for a company that's doing a kitty kind of comic like this.
1: Uh, holy shit! You're right. Right. And it's just it's strange, huh? Or so least- a lot
0: of the Webtoon comics are made by... People that don't have names, like real names, it's like company names. Even oh, if it's I mean, a so solo, it's, person. it's like
1: yeah, they're all they're all contractors and they're not actually that. I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. I, I, well, I do weird. know how I feel about that, but I don't want to be a dickhead. No, I. You know what? That's that's. I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would. You know, I I was just looking at this artwork and thinking it's really cool, and it would be really neat if this company said, "Hey, this mm-hmm. is drawn by." You know, Jackson McGillicuddy. <laughs> well, he's the best. <laughs> I love Jackson McGillicuddy. But no, Ooh, like, that's uh, that's ah, that's weird. Comics by, I mean, uh, you know, we know about comics by committee and comics, uh, you know, with that yeah. function as sort of like a writer's room. You know, we've had stuff like the Beyond mm-hmm. Board at Marvel. But even then, it was like, I knew when Zeb Wells or Cody Zigler was writing a comic because they put their fucking names in the book. <laughs> It's just right. I don't know. Uh maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm getting a little heat, like heated about this for no reason, but it's just an it's, odd, a thing. it's an odd way to do business, I think.
0: It's it's very common in manga that even with a when it has a creator name on it, yeah. there's actually like 12 artists working on stuff.
1: But sure. yeah, Webtoon,
0: I interviewed Lambcat. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Oh, sure. And uh that is actually a person,
1: yes. but that's not their real name. But right. I don't
0: know why they go by I guess it's like a weird social media handle A pseudonym thing,
1: yeah which is fine yeah. but it's also just in this case i'm like man even i don't know maybe maybe i just don't understand the business model yeah huh yeah i mean cons- i mean this is only four issues
0: but considering yeah it's probably an outfit of multiple people consider that are the coconut like, yeah i don't know
1: it's well, maybe like, that okay yeah if it's like yeah i guess that makes sense
0: but it's like basically a company is making it, not a person.
1: Sure, supposedly. like any one person, uh, yeah.
0: Which is fitting for this book, since Discord <laughs> is getting its own comic, sure. and that's not a person.
1: <laughs> yeah, give me that nitro, baby. <laughs>
0: Who else can we have Webtoon team up with, now that I'm wondering? Like, maybe, oh, Siri from Apple, mm. and mm. Webtoon can make a comic.
1: Megan from the film Megan?
0: Yes, and in both AI rises up and kills us all. <laughs> I love when you like ask Siri or whatever Alexa you have, and you ask it like a mean question, and it actually has like a retort. It's like I wouldn't oh, do that.
1: Yeah, no. I here's the thing: I'm too paranoid to own one of those.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I have a I have a HomePod, so I have Siri in my house. Uh huh. It's mostly used for while I'm watching movies like Air, uh, that yeah, new movie by Ben Affleck, and I go. Siri, how old is Ben Affleck? <laughs> and uh, that's about all I get the use out of it.
1: <laughs> God, I love. It. Yeah, well, I can't go into how much I love Ben Affleck right now, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder how much how much he has in the Flash movie. Probably only like ten minutes. Really.
1: Oh yeah, I think it's like two scenes. I think he has that yeah. action sequence on the bridge that we've seen in the trailer, and I think he yeah. argues with Barry. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a version of the scene from Flashpoint where he like reads the letter, but it, oh, it but it wouldn't sure. be from his dad. It'd be from Keaton or something. I don't know. Oh,
0: okay. We'll That'd see. Be, interesting. be interesting. Oh my God. That's a cool idea. i never even thought of that. Connecting um, Michael Keaton to Ben Affleck and yeah. then blowing the entire universe up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know. that one of the Jonas brothers can be
1: Batman in five years. I truly don't know what to make of that movie or what it's going to be. Me too, yeah. I uh, I have a lot of conflicted feelings about it. Same.
0: Moving on to our last bit of news. Mm-hmm. Career-led Black Box Chronicles Black is coming to Kickstarter May 16th. Black Box Chronicles! Yeah, that's right. I'm going to brag about it. AIPC had the exclusive uh, yeah. reveal of this uh, before anyone else did, about 24 hours before. Right? The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Anyway, so yeah, I love the idea of crater led anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm already on board. Um, if you like stuff like Black Mirror, you're probably going to like this. It's an anthology, yes. sci-fi, horror. I mean, it's got everything that everyone loves these days. We talk so and much about
1: how much we love horror anthologies on this show. We do, yeah. and the
0: creative team, or the creatives on this is insane. We've mm-hmm. got David Mack uh torah tarada uh michael avon Omo- oming
1: uh, uh taki soma
0: yep uh, so it's probably gonna rule and mm-hmm. uh, yeah you can back it in a few days there's a preview on APTcomics.com. it's mostly text though gorgeous uh, david
1: mack cover very gorgeous yeah very gorge Oops. as i would say hot gorge david mack
0: <laughs> oh that's a pretty good one you should lay that track
1: okay <laughs> that's that's our next single
0: uh, so yeah, uh, Wonder Woman dominated the news this week. Yeah, so of course. I think that was what everyone was talking about. Moving on to our next segment,
1: top books of the week, we're mm-hmm. about the top two favorite comics out this week. What mm-hmm. was your second favorite book of the week? Nathan? So my second favorite book of the week technically came out last week, uh, mm. but it was you know it's right on the cusp because it was a free Comic Book Day title. I'm talking I think about it counts because like people couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weirdly so. This was a weird case where this book didn't get announced until two days before Free Comic Book Day, which was so strange mm-hmm. because, you know, we knew what Marvel was putting out back in January, right? Something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, Marvel's Spider-Man... Num- uh, sorry, this is there's so many numbers here. Marvel's <laughs> Spider-Man 2, it's number weird. one, <laughs> by uh, Christos Gage and Iguara. This is the pre- uh, prelude comic to... This Falls, uh, new Insomniac, Spider-Man 2 video game. Uh, and it sort of catches us up with the characters. We we, we get uh, to find out what Mary Jane and Peter Park, how Peter's relationship with Mary Jane has evolved over time and how they are trying to make things work and trying to figure out if they're ready to like move in together. Uh, because in this continuity, they've broken up and gotten back together. And so it feels like a really like truthful relationship drama mm. and then uh it, but it doesn't it never uh I'm not subtweeting anybody it just never feels like the uh the argument has been manufactured it it feels very natural um and i and the but the the big headline here is that this issue introduces this continuity's version of the hood and mm. so peter and miles are trying to figure out is magic actually real like is this this is like <laughs> does this guy actually have, like, ancient powers? And it ends up culminating in a very emotional storyline that I didn't expect that draws on the losses that Peter and Miles have both felt and, and why they are uniquely qualified to be superheroes. There, there's just so much... They are capable of so much love and compassion, and, and it, it really drives home, like, why they're two of my favorite superheroes. I just I really didn't expect, you know, cuz sometimes you get these tie-in books and they're 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 fluff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this really felt uh, emotionally effective and and truthful to the characters and I feel like it gives so much more context to what they're going through when the story of the next game picks up. I it mm-hmm. has me even more excited than ever because you know, Gage has been co-writing these the scripts for these games as well and 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 working on the you know the tie-in books and I just love how cohesive this universe is I you know I had a moment a few I think we talked about this with when Cody Ziegler was on the show uh, a couple times ago but I've, I've come around to thinking that these Spider-Man games are better than the huh. Arkham Asylum games, which I never right. thought I could oh. believe. Wow. But bold, bold statement. I, I think they are. <laughs> I think they're the best superhero video games ever made. Um, right. So uh, I, I just, yeah, I, but I just, I loved the story and it uh, really like choked me up in a way that I didn't expect. And I, I, I loved it. It's
0: always cool to see like a a new riff on the villains in this sp- video game universe. Too. Totally, yeah. I think Tarantula was the opening villain, right?
1: Yes, and what was what was fun there was Tarantula actually references uh, the events of Spider geddon uh, right. so which which the PS4 Spider Man, for lack of a better term, uh, participated in, and so it's it's really it's also very fun to you know ha- cuz i don't think the games are ever going to reference the multiverse in in that way but right. uh that was that was a nice little nod to to a previous appearance
0: do you think the red hood will be a a villain in the the second game or is it this is like a one off appearance
1: uh, uh, um yeah i think it's just a one off appearance i don't think he'll okay. i don't think he'll pop back up
0: Right, right, right. Because it's probably gonna be symbiote uh related because Venom is a Venom's Venom's
1: in the trailer and he's voiced by Tony Todd, Candyman himself, so that's wow. very exciting. Um Wait, yeah. hold on, we gotta say it. hmm Venom 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 Knock knock, <laughs> let the devil
0: in every time on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh nice pick. Yeah, it's uh, it, uh free comic book day is always a blast. The two Marvel free comic book days, the the main ones I would yes. say. Spider-Man and X-Men Avengers.
1: Good stuff. Really,
0: god, it's gorgeously mm-hmm. drawn too. Um
1: yeah, there were they, there were some really great pickups. Um it was weird that um uh you know, there there were a few a few that I couldn't hunt down, but that was just because they were they were so popular. Um, but, uh, shout out to, uh, Pensacola Pop Comics for the, for the hookup. Nice. Yeah. A lot
0: of people were having a really hard time finding it. And like you said, it was a late edition. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Marvel revealed their free comic book day offerings. And then like they revealed this, I think a week or two before. Oh, I mean, it was, it
1: was like three days. Like it was the week of, um, and, but it was, uh, it was what's what's great about it, though, is if you have a couple of LCSs, you should go to all of them because that's, <laughs> that's what true. I did. I went to mm-hmm. I went to like two other shops and tracked down the Red Sonia book that I wanted. And I got the uh, the Fright Night special, which is really fun. Nice. Uh, and a lot of like really great kids book offerings this year as well. Well, my second favorite
0: book of the week yeah. is Spirit World Number 1 by Alyssa Wong and Haining. Um, this is the introduction of the character Xanth Zoo. Mm-hmm. Who is a they them uh, superhero? They have magical powers, and you, your boy <laughs> is in. The oh book yeah, Johnny heavily. C, John Con- Johnny uh, C, John
1: Constantine. Uh, John, yeah, John, uh, John Constantine, rocking like a brown haircut, which was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I loved uh, I loved that opening scene where the kid goes like, uh, "Thank you, thank you." big sister or big brother. And they were just like close enough. Like, I think that's a really sweet moment and very endearing. And this is such a visually inventive book. Like every page was a surprise. Yeah. It's tough to pull off a magic book, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, dealing with
0: magic spells, but also magical worlds, which Mm -hmm. this book does. It introduces this, uh, this magical world. That's really compelling, I think. Mm -hmm. And it gives Xanth this like unique corner Mm -hmm. to play around in. And, this, so this book introduces the main Well, it doesn't introduce the main character because the character's been introduced before. But and, if this yeah, is and your first Yeah, in one of the Lazarus time,
1: planet tie-ins. Yeah.
0: But if this is your first time, it's a good place to start. And mm-hmm. it's a compelling character. They have uh, interesting ties to the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirit realm is an interesting place.
1: Uh, we yeah, get, so it's like We get Cassandra Cain fighting demons.
0: <laughs> that too, yes. That was a pretty bad, badass scene too. Yeah, I just, I'm, re- I'm really excited because it's adding something brand new to DC that I think could be really cool and enrich mm-hmm. the magical side because I think in both uh, Marvel and DC like the magic side they have their moments mm-hmm. but usually it's like okay well we're not going to think about magic for a little while aliens well, are now invading <laughs> or what's been
1: really nice is I love I love when magic is more than just bolts of energy right like right, right. like they're they're doing they're they're, fl- they're playing with rules and I love magic rules <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally yeah yeah, exactly. And Xanth and, and John Constantine are kind of, they team up for a little bit mm-hmm. and they have to use magic to get into this place. And Constantine's like, you really like breaking into places. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Wong did a fantastic job with the writing and the dialogue too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for more spirit world. So definitely out. But what was your favorite book of the week?
1: My favorite book of the week was Ghost Lore, Number One, by Cullen Bunn and Leo Max. Uh, this is a this is the new a new horror series from Cullen Bunn, which I thought was going to be more of an anthology, but it seems oh, like this is going to be a bit more of a continuing story. Um, we're introduced to this small town and this family. Uh, this this dad is a preacher who may be secretly losing his faith, and his congregation is slowly whittling away week to week. And um, in his kind of push for, you know, moral superiority over the town, he's kind of pushed his family away from him. Um, And everything sort of culminates in this horrific car crash that somehow renders him and his daughter with the ability... To see and speak to ghosts, it's hmm. it's kind of unclear if he can if he has the same sensitivity she does. But um, the the bulk of the story then is a scary story told to them by a ghost, nice. uh, and I think the it seems to be setting up this idea that there's something even worse in the uh, hiding in the town that the ghosts are trying to tell them about. And I, nice. so, you know, the the, the logline of this series is what are the scary stories that ghosts tell each other? You know, <laughs> it's folklore, but for ghosts. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a great hook. It's such a great hook. Every time I think Cullen uh couldn't possibly come up with another original horror series he surprises me like i, I think mm-hmm. he's he's one of the best horror writers we have in comics mm-hmm. uh just consistently inventive and uh yeah it's it's a it's a it's a really really fascinating hook and uh really strong character work very scary illustrations from Leo Max there's some really gnarly body horror stuff Um, and, and the, the ghosts, uh, themselves manifest in, in varying ways that are unsettling. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what's next in this series.
0: Great combo, Bon and Leo Max too, because Leo Max doing all those, um, Joe Hill horror books at DC for a while there. For sure. Gorgeous. Uh, my favorite book was Silk number one. This is, this is like the fourth number one Silk book in like five years.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Silk Silk has become the new Howard the Duck. (laughs)
0: She just condemned to new just miniseries alone, mm-hmm. um, and they don't. I don't think they put the legacy numbering on it for some reason. No, but I don't think so. I'm sure somebody and somebody's keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, written by Emily Kim with uh, art by Aguera. Oh my God, he was your second picks artist. Um, so Silk is a book that is not forgetting what happened before at all. Um, So every miniseries may have a No Number One, but Mm -hmm. Emily Kim, who's already written a story arc of this character recently, Mm -hmm. uh, continues uh, a story, but you wouldn't think so at the start because Silk is in like 1920s Hollywood in a new costume that's like uh, noir-esque, but for the time. Right, uh uh-huh. And she's literally, I think the first page shows uh, Hollywoodland instead of Hollywood which really dates the book because Hollywoodland actually was what the sign was in Hollywood Mm. for a while before it burned. Um, And she is investigating something. And I don't want to spoil – there's a big twist at the end. I'm not going to spoil it because you're just sitting here going, wait, what? Why is Silk in the 1920s? (laughs) Sure. And then like a monster shows up and she's fighting this monster. And somehow the monster is making her phase. Out of the building into another location, mm-hmm. and another location, and even another Silk dimension. is like, "What's going on here?" And then the Beastie Boys show up and they start singing <laughs> uh, "No Sleep to Brooklyn," which was in both Guardians of the Galaxy and Mario in Super Mario. There's... So it's so Beastie Boys are rich this year, or at least the record label is. Well,
1: and or uh, they're friends with Chris Pratt. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, right? He was he was the one who suggested that song choice. The common factor. When that poll came up in Guardians 3, I was like, what the hell? Like, are these studios not talking to each other? I love it. It would be, Wouldn't it be cool to be a recording artist and like, you know, you made a song 50 years ago and then... <laughs> now all of a sudden it's in every blockbuster. And you know, but you know your song's going to be in like six movies that year. Right. Anyway, I'm on a slight tangent here. That's funny. <laughs> no, but um, there's a humongous twist at the end. Mm-hmm. And so Aguera's are amazing. Like, just oh, really yeah. like... Uh, atmospheric, and it really hammers home this, like, other air, other time, Mm -hmm. in, in, like, the 1920s. So it was, like, that noir noir vibe, but the twist makes you go, huh, and I think every issue is going to be, not to spoil it too much, in a different place Mm. or time. And we have to figure out how it's going to get out of this one. Yeah. (laughs) Always hoping
1: uh, the next leap will be the leap home.
0: Exactly. But, yeah, so if you... If you've enjoyed Silk in the last few years, this is a Mm -hmm. nice change of pace. Or if you haven't really dug what they've been doing with Silk, this is a really nice change of pace. And it's kind of like a mystery box kind of tale at the start. Mm -hmm. So go check that out. I love that. I love you. Oh, I love you too, man. Oh my God. This is such a lovey dovey show. It sure is. (laughs) Moving on to our next segment. And boy, have I missed hearing you say it. (coughs) (laughs) He clears his throat. (laughs) Standout. Kabow. Moment of the week. Our favorite panel or page. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually highlighting really cool art and punches or gore. And in this week, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I picked a, a scene from Extreme Vengeance Number One mm-hmm. uh, in the story by Mirko Andolfo, with art by Nico Leon. This is um this is an interesting book in general, but yeah. The, uh this scene in particular, or this story actually, is uh, basically about a Venom family. Each yeah. family member has a, a Venom symbiote, mm-hmm. including Eddie and Dylan. And Dylan has uh, let the symbiote take over, and mm-hmm. the parents are rushing to stop him from doing any harm. And we've got this hulking Venom punching a very small boy in a symbiote Ven- Venom's costume. Mm-hmm. Like, his fist is as big as his torso. <laughs> It's very like manga-esque or video game-esque, this, sure. this sequence. Massive. He, and then we get to see Dylan punch back and he punches Venom so hard that he bounces off the ground and keeps flying forward, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> while he is like
0: Super Saiyan, like in the air, still punching. He, yeah. Just defying, um, you know, reality here with I this love moment. It. If you go to aptcoms.com, go to this podcast post, you can see this art. It's pretty awesome, this it, moment.
1: It's pretty great.
0: And uh it's it, it, what's funny is when he punches his father there's no sound effect. No. I guess it was a silent but Right. They,
1: they punch. <laughs> right. What is uh what is your favorite capow moment of the week? Uh mine was uh, from Superman Lost number 3 by Priest and Carlo Pagulian. Um this is a I mean there's no other way to say it. Superman at his most Lisa Frank. Um, it's, uh, he's, he's trying to get back home and he's hitched a ride with a pod of space dolphins. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) this, this shot is just so wild. He's in a vortex of these dolphins holding onto one's fin while he's getting just pulled through space. Uh, and the, the nebula swirls around them. It's just, it is the kind of thing that makes you just go comics everybody i know right i yeah. love it i like love White it so much
0: so cool like oh the my absence gosh. of light or it's, color i should say
1: yeah but it, it does it like it pops it like feels like it's glowing off the screen or off the page uh and yeah i i this book is so in, interesting to me like visually inventive at every turn uh, but this was like a page that I'm so, I was, like, so glad this was a splash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's towing his, like, backpack, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I love it. <laughs> so it
0: makes sense logically, too, of course. Of course. What's, what is the deal with uh, humanity's fascination with what porpoises is, in space? What is the deal?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. It's very uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, isn't it? Is
0: it? Are is are, are there whales in that? I know that in Star Trek, the movie, there's whales. Oh,
1: there's there's dolphins and, uh, yeah, the, all the dolphins disappear oh. in Hitchhiker's Guide, head to oh, space. Oh, Star
0: Wars uh, also has space uh, porpoises. Is that
1: true? Uh,
0: in the cartoon, and then they just confirmed it in Mandalorian.
1: Oh, okay. I have not when watched you, this season of The Mandalorian.
0: I guess when you um, go into hyperspace or whatever, mm. you there are creatures that look whale-like fl- flying around.
1: Fascinating.
0: I know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh-huh. But, you know, I I don't like sci-fi myself. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our top books for next week. We're going to talk about our most anticipated comics. Uh, what did you, what are you looking forward to, Nate?
1: Man, I'm really looking forward to Batman brave and the bold. Number one, uh, by everybody. Uh, we got Ed Briston, Tom King, Christopher Cantwell, Dan Mora making his writing debut, uh, Javier Rodriguez, Mitch Gerads, Jeff Spokes, Clayton Cowles, Simon Boland. I mean, it's it's a it is a unbelievable lineup of creators telling stories set within the Batman universe and in some also uh, alternate universe tales. Uh, this is basically the spiritual successor to Batman: Urban Legends. Uh, yeah, I, I just for that alone, I'm very excited. Tom King and Mitch Gerads. Uh, telling their story of the first uh, battle between Batman and the Joker. Dan Moira telling a story, uh, a, a black and white story of um, cybernetic henchmen of the Joker and this like v- sort of futuristic, I guess cyberpunky kind of version of Batman. Uh, yeah, a, a wild storm story by Ed Brisson and Jeff Spokes, uh, doing, doing Stormwatch and Director Bones. Like, that's really exciting to me. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm really excited to see how this series plays out. I think they're going to be doing a lot more short form storylines. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because that was one thing about Urban Legends, was occasionally the stories would get a little little unwieldy. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but the, just, just the murderer's row of talent they've got attached to this is, is hugely, uh, enticing.
0: Yeah. Each story is, uh, a complete story except for the Gerard's Tom King one, which will be, uh, reoccurring for a Mm. few issues. I'm not sure how many.
1: And I think Cantwell's story is a, is a multiple, multi-part story as well. Ah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, very exciting.
0: Yeah. The, I'm looking at it right now and the art is, it's just insane in every story. It's so good visually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm reviewing this one So from the site. so Can't soaked wait. for Javier Rodriguez drawing Superman. Oh, like yes. Holy cow.
0: His his ability to create new like layout design is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's so wholesome his style too.
1: I'm also very curious to see if there's a reason for calling it Brave and the Bold aside from uh, you know synergy because when I see Brave and the Bold <laughs> I think team-ups, right? Like right, so it, it'll right. I, I wonder if there's going to be a little more crossover between these stories in some way.
0: Right. Yeah, because they're going to make a movie, right? It's a Brave and the Bold movie, movie? That's
1: that's the name of, yeah, that's the name of the Batman and Robin movie, I believe.
0: Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they announced that a few months ago. hmm right? mm-hmm. God, time flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to Fantastic Four number seven, a.k.a. Fantastic Four number 700. Oof. Ryan North and Ivan Coelho have been killing it on the book, as you probably know, as we just talked to Ryan North a few weeks ago. Uh, but this one introduces Dr. Doom, who <laughs> yeah. enters the story to fix the stupid mistake Reed did, because, of course, what a dummy. And I it, can do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's it's exciting to see Doom enter the story in part, and I think, actually, Ryan said this to us on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Doom is uh, one of the main characters of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of he's the in, great villains. He, so he's slowly introduced all uh, our Fantastic Four at the start of this mm-hmm. run. And now it's Doom's turn. So I'm really excited to see that. But also, this is the, a milestone issue. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to come out with swinging with other stories, too, while, mm-hmm. while also being exercised. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of bang for your buck. And I feel like it's going to be a, a little bit of a game changer.
0: Yes, and I think Ryan even said that. He also said I think he is finished scripting. I forget. He was tweeting about it on Friday about issue like 9 or 11 and he was saying wow. like this is another game changer.
1: Awesome. I have loved this um, yeah. run. Like so God, the idea so of the idea of even like him being like this is kicking it up a notch is is so exciting <laughs> to me. Do you think Dr. Doom will bungle it or will he solve the problem? (laughs) I would, you know, what would be amazing is if he did actually solve the problem and becomes more celebrated than Reed. Like, I think that's an interesting Mm, interesting. uh, change to the dynamic, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, because he usually messes things up. Although Mm -hmm. he did create that Doom community that worked out pretty well. That's true. (laughs) He forgot about that old lady. Yeah. The old lady they were taken care of that the was doom just a skeleton.
1: Yeah. That's a bummer.
0: Anyway, moving on to our next subject, Judging by the cover, Virginia. We're going to talk about our favorite cover art out next week. I can't wait to get my hands on Jennifer L. Meyer's Maleficent number one cover. Dude,
1: I almost picked this. Uh,
0: it's so purple.
1: It's so, it's so purple. <laughs> it sure is.
0: Um, it's, oh my God. So first of all, there's a virgin copy of this mm-hmm. you can get. If you're the store, you have to order a hundred of this to get Right, one of those. uh-huh. So that means, uh, if you know how comic shops work, if you want this cover, it's probably going to be a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe a little less, but it's gonna it's gonna cost extra.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, this is the start of Suli's upcoming series that I'm excited to read and possibly review. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is the second time Dynamite has also done a Disney villain. Uh, comic. Mm-hmm. I, I think Maleficent probably deserves a backstory a little more than Scar but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but this cover is so gorgeous. Um, it's playing with light through these trees but the trees are so emblematic of Sleeping Beauty oh, and that yeah, style. it
1: looks like the opening credits of Sleeping Beauty. It's super just
0: uh, it's like sci-fi in a sense. It's the fantasy <laughs> yeah. element of these impossible trees. I love it. And Maleficent is just kind of walking amongst these trees with their handy crow. Uh, They're kind of small, but uh, so in a sense, it's kind of creating an atmospheric Mm -hmm. uh, environment that's kind of bringing you into this magical world. And Maleficent isn't quite the, you know, the center focus, Mm -hmm. but it creates this vibe that's just so pretty and cool. I love it.
1: I love it. Yeah.
0: What is uh, your favorite cover out next week?
1: Uh, I really love David Max cover for Bloodline, Daughter of Blade number four. I mean he he just he does this watercolor painterly stuff better than I think anybody out there. I love the I love that that she's sort of uh, Brielle's sort of fading into the page. like it's almost like it's almost like that she's not fully defined. like there's not any hard lines. Hmm. on her shoulders or her hair or anything like that. She sort of is sprouting from within the page. Um, also, we've got these, like, the, the the title treatment is in what appear to almost be, uh, like, Coffee circles, like coffee, like like, or like the where the where he set down his cup of paint, you know, the paint can has sort of bled onto the page. I just, it's so great, and I love the design of the glaive that she's holding in her hands. And Mm. there's just some really nice little bits of text that sort of, uh, you know, are sort of like strategically placed in different parts that almost look like tattoos. You know, blood. The word bloodlines, Mm -hmm. uh, which is also very interesting to me because that's not you know it's the title of the book is bloodline you yeah. know uh so putting you know putting a uh plural on that makes me wonder if it ties into the story in some way hmm. um and then also there's just these nice little sort of summary touches that i don't expect like the you know the, the, <laughs> the flower stamps the little flower stamps all throughout yeah. some of them are in her hair and it's just i don't know it's a it's a really lovely lovely piece of art
0: it is, it is art, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a superhero posing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me the different uh, font. Like, he's got stamps, but then he's also got handwritten, and then he gets a little artistic Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me a lot of, of his work on the Daredevil covers.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I also yeah, got to say, a
1: there's a really cool uh, variant cover by Betsy Cola of uh, Brielle as a sort of Spider-Man variant. Mm. I love that. Nice. As well.
0: Go pick those up if you have the money. It's probably really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Varian, owning variant covers is is a weird hobby for me. Like I same. I actually own like two. I only own two. I don't own a lot, but I can't. I mean, I, I'm just gonna put it in a pile or in a you know a long box. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna look at it, and it's usually a lot of money to get the really cool ones. Sure. Anyway, uh, before we get to the guests, I want to point out we uh, we have Jed McKay coming on next week. That's right. About Avengers, mm-hmm. Moon Knight, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, his Avengers run is starting next week and uh, it's a really exciting time if you're an Avengers fan I am excited the lineup changes there's this new villain Tima uh, coming Mm -hmm. in Uh, it's just crazy so uh, stay tuned next week for that but before Mm. you turn off this podcast listen to this (laughs) interview with Kurt Pierce talk all about You've Been Canceled Kurt, you have been on the show so many times I can't even count on one hand Uh, how you doing? I'm good I'm good excited to be back I appreciate you having me last time you're on we talked about indigo children and that series is fantastic I think there's three issues out now to go pick up but you're here to talk about you've been cancelled number one issues coming out June 7th FOC is Monday May 15th uh, now I want to ask you I'm gonna, gonna kick this off I want you to pretend to be somebody else okay mm-hmm. this is very odd for the show we usually want to have people acting as themselves when we interview them but Let's start with you're a comp book shop owner, and you've got you've got canceled on the shelf. Who is this book for,
2: audience wise? I mean, I think it's just for people who are first stop fans of amazing art, because I mean, if anyone's seen the preview pages, this book is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but I think it's a it's a big gritty, dirty sci fi book. I like to sort of describe it as sort of the bastard child between like a trans metropolitan and like squid game. So it's got a (laughs) sort of a a satirical cultural commentary element to it, but it's also got ultra violence and just crazy epic fight scenes that are really like a showcase for our amazing artist, Kevin Castanero to just cut loose. Uh, So I don't know. I think it's for people who want something fresh and exciting and that can be violent, but also make you laugh. Uh, I'm really just making these things for me. Uh, and so, so it's the kind of book I want to read. So when I made the, the thing.
0: So yeah, so kids between the ages of two and four, I
2: think is what you're trying to say. Exactly. Y- young readers.
0: Actually, no, uh, having gotten a chance to read the first three issues, uh, you are so right. Kevin's art is bonkers. Uh, the violence is hilarious yeah. <laughs> in a, in the, in, in, a way that it's, I, what I mean is it's very over
2: the top, like very graphic, very cool. There's, um, speaking of, yeah, sorry. You know, there's, there's just a lot of stuff in it that I think is just fun. And I feel like we're we're living in a time where it's, people are almost afraid to laugh at things and also afraid to make fun of themselves. And I think this is just a book that is just unabashedly like it goes to 11. It's pretty much the best way to describe it. That Spinal Tap reference.
0: Totally. Portions of the book reminded me of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Running Man. In the best way possible uh what goes into crafting like a really gnarly kill
2: well i I think so uh i write the fight scenes is kind of weird it's a bit of a hybrid style so like i uh i don't really write specific panel borders but i write out beat by beat the action scene uh Mm
1: -hmm. and then
2: normally kevin goes and lays it lays it out and then if there's stuff we need to tweak or information i feel like we can land more clearly we go over to thumbnails and I'll say, Oh, can you tweak this and do this? And uh, we'll just really calibrate things to land the right way. Uh, And then really it's a matter of like, once I get all the art in I'll go through and read the issue right before we finalize it and uh, add dialogue and moments and stuff, because that's one of the the things that I'm really picky about is like when you have fight scenes, I hate uh, the comic book shit where it's just like, they're talking through the entire fight. It's like that punch and has like a four-paragraph speech balloon. I think it's just so stupid. So I kind of go yeah. the other way where I just write no dialogue, and then I'll go in once I have the art colors sort of pepper it in, right? Uh, right, right, so right. That that I just really yeah. about tuning things. I think it's sort of like editing down to the wire. I'm just trying to I'm trying to always get everything uh, as perfect and and enjoyable as I can make it for the readers.
0: As our uh, English major teachers said, writing is rewriting. But in comics, writing is rewriting with art.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think comics. Most comics writers have a tendency to overwrite. Uh, I kind of, in my writing, have gone the other way, where I was like really getting very minimalist, and then I've decided to pull myself back back to writing a bit more, but still sometimes not a lot compared to these other guys. These other guys write like they're getting paid by the word.
0: It's kind of like how Tom King sort of makes fun of himself. I think he's made fun of himself a couple times on social media where he writes ninjas fight and then Mikhail Jannon comes in and fucking does the most epic fight scene ever. I think it's a nice reminder that, yeah, the artist is doing so much speaking of how did you and Kevin uh, get hooked up on this project?
2: Well, I, th- I, uh, I saw this, this kevin did this book at scout comics which was pretty cool called uh grit and there's a sort of a fantasy type thing and i remember seeing a preview of the book on twitter somewhere i think your site probably even covered it and i i was just like really impressed with the art and i read through it i'm like okay i gotta get this guy to to do a book and the art in grit was good but i felt like I could get more out of him in a way. And I said, not, not to be insulting, but just to be like, I feel like if you let this guy cut loose on a crazy book like this, it'll
1: mm-hmm. really deliver.
2: Mm-hmm. And so I uh, hit up his art rep, who's a an acquaintance of mine, Cam, who runs this, uh, this comic original art site, Inky Knuckles, and he put us in touch. I started working on it. Nice. Cool. Well, how long have you been working on the project? A while. It's been... Uh, I think the first draft of issue one I had like November 2021. So it's almost two years now.
0: Damn. So when we talked in November or October, was it 2022? You knew about this and you wouldn't tell me about it. How dare you, sir? No, just I,
2: it's, it's funny, just everything sort of mushes together in my brain in terms of the timeline. Yeah. But yeah, this was one I just started working on. We had about two issues done. And in black and white and lettered before we even pitched it. uh
0: Wow, that's cool. Because I was just
2: basically like needed to make it. And all uh, mm-hmm. the publishers are so gun shy about anything that sort of deviates from being the most like sellable fucking idea ever that I right. have these crazy ideas and I'll go and just pay the artist to do like, you know, the first 40 pages or whatever to, uh, to do it with money I made, while, you know, writing t- fucking TV pilots that will never get aired or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, 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 but, right. You're basically your own Kickstarter, like uh, how Boom is using Kickstarter to kickstart things. You've got the cash already, yeah. and you're making your your dream projects.
2: Yeah, and I mean we're also making cool stuff. Boom, I don't know so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm just. So what went into building the protagonist Roland? Endo, and why is this mouth so far from his nose? That's just the way I think the latter part of that question is more important.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, I think I really want I love I was talking about this in another interview, but I love when uh, protagonists are like very physical and and sort of like get hmm. put through the ringer and aren't like immortal. And so, with Roland, I wanted this almost dark knight returns uh Frank Miller vibe where it's like this is a big fucking slap mm. and he's gonna go out and like get fucked up and do violence and you're gonna you're gonna feel it when he gets hurt you know it's he's old he's around right. the block it makes things a bit more dangerous than some you know jacked fucking teenager get, doing violence so this was like I guess this is a Frank Miller of it all really it's just sort of an homage to that and I, I love that uh that sort of
0: stuff, right? Yeah, he's got that like 90 bad-a- '90s badass. I guess feel
2: Cable is kind of a thing too, right? Right. And
0: although he's not as he's not as thick as Cable can be, and
2: he's got the one of my other favorite thing he did is Kevin gave him the like big shoulder pads, which to me are they're like <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy VII, right? That Cloud when you get the big shoulder. Sure. Pad. Yeah. So uh, he's got pouches. He's got that's so '90s. Yeah, he's got <laughs> pouches, and he's got a like. Uh, cybernetic arm. I mean, really just uh, try to make everything just as cool as possible for your, our like 13 year old selves.
0: So when does mad cave, the publisher of this comic get an action figure going? Cause that'd be pretty cool.
2: It would be cool. I would love that. I mean like, look, as long as I'm getting my royalty check from it, that let's do the, actual <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. totally. Well, it's so awesome. um, <laughs> all the characters yeah. are so toyetic, right? Like the, Mm-hmm. there's so many different cancelers and stuff. And then, I mean, like we've got that big villain, which you don't really meet to, to the end of issue two is also super cool. It's sort of like this, almost like inspired by Darth Vader and all this, this, this huh. stuff. So action figure. Nice.
0: Very cool. So the conception and perception of cancel culture is pretty prevalent in these days. Uh, is there a grand statement you're trying to make? uh on the
2: concept of being cancelled. I think it's more about uh using that cultural conversation as a launching pad and more exploring it and using it as a way to build this fun narrative. I'm not really uh interested in like pretending to have all the answers. So mm-hmm. it's uh I don't think it yeah, I think it's about more asking questions on giving people a like, I fixed it solution or anything.
0: Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot of these people talking about, um, you know, it's not cancel culture, it's consequence culture. And, but at the same time there is a mob mentality happening where folks are like, you know, one of us kill him or whatever, kill them. <laughs> so I could see how someone might see the, the title of this and start to wonder how deep it gets into social commentary like that
2: yeah i mean it's uh we definitely explore it but i think and I'm pre- yeah, i don't yeah like i i'm broken record but i don't pretend i have all the answers to this i think i'm more trying to posit questions to our readers and make people think uh because i think that's what it's really a nuanced thing and it's like yeah It's better when we're actually exercising our brains and figuring stuff out than giving into the dopamine hit of, of canceling someone or on the flip side, there's people who just, just throw the terminology around, like no one should ever face any consequences for what they do. And so I'm just like, it's more about exploring the nebulous area in between those two extremes.
0: So the story takes place in 2050. Given the state of the world today, is your estimate for global bloodlust for people being canceled too late or too
2: soon? <laughs> I feel, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like we were, uh, could be a lot sooner than 2050, right? I think in like five yeah, I mean, years, we could be there.
0: If they can just install a handle that you pull and it kills someone, I, I, I think there's been studies in the last 10 or 15 years where they, they actually postulated if there's a button that killed someone, but you made a million dollars. Most people would press that button many times, not caring. Yeah. Because of this dissociation with social media and everything.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's, uh, it's heavy. We live in a messed up place, but... it's gonna do?
0: So the, the first issue has two kills in it. Two canceled people being killed. Um, and they may or may not be real people or a reference to real people. How do you walk the line potentially I'm not saying you did potentially referencing real life people, uh, in fiction without getting in trouble for it.
2: I just like the lawyers and stuff. Tell me I have to change. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you really have a lawyer look at it and go, yeah, this is a little too close. I to think no, but
2: Mad Cape definitely does. There definitely been a lot mm. of the notes of like, yeah, man, we can't fucking do this. We need to make the name more veiled and stuff. Uh, uh, interesting but i respect that because i don't want to get sued either so <laughs> right yeah, i think dangerous. most of it honestly is like so over the top it's uh, it's satire clearly yeah uh and so that's kind of satire falls under fair use so i feel like you know we're good
0: yeah it's true mm-hmm. so the book's about you know this future where people get to watch people get murdered right i mean did they get to watch it i forget actually yeah, that's
2: like true life. no it's like Twitter. yeah that that's thing, right right so it's like that's... everyone votes on who they want to get canceled and whoever wins or whoever wins the vote is the person who gets to get murdered and then everyone goes out the, the cancelers who are these like bounty hunters go out and right. who can get the kill
0: Right, so there's this race to kill, to kill the guy before the other bounty hunters do so. And then, yeah, it's also like a commentary on society and how we're, there's like this bloodlust and lack of empathy and humanity in people. Uh, at this, But then the main character, bounty hunter, basically a hitman in a sense. What do you suppose is our cultural fascination with hitmen and bounty hunters?
2: It's just entertaining. It's like a moral gray area, right? It's, I think yeah. people always are drawn to that stuff because it's it's like a world underneath the fabric of our own, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, you know, I've read. I think I've read everything you've you've put out, and this one feels the most different than all your other projects. I think, at least from my perspective, and uh, it's a lot of like kinetic action, violence for for laughs, kind of thing. And and your, some of your other works are like very deep and, uh, there's like a, almost a political message in some, and, but also very, very human. And you mentioned before that this book has, was something you had to make. Was it, was it an itch that's been lingering that you had to scratch?
2: Yeah, I think I had the concept of it and I was just like, this is so good and this could be, be fun. And, uh, yeah, I was definitely just wanting to make something crazy and more in the, in an action mode and sort of chaotic, and really almost this is really a, the most manga influence type thing I think I've done hmm. because it's that big fights and, and it's just something different that felt fresh to me. Right. Like, uh, sure. The other books, like you said, they cover a lot of heavy stuff and they can be really structured and jumping around in time and, and a lot to manage. And this is very much like super grounded and like very straightforward. It's kind of like, a funner book to write, in in some respects.
0: Interesting, yeah. I would liken some of your work to like uh, the True Detective, say like a supernatural element. Det- had that. There's like detective elements. Um, yeah, it's it's really fascinating how wide a range you can you can write. You don't see that all the time with with writers in comics.
2: Well, I appreciate that, man. I'm a I'm a different beast.
0: <laughs> so, uh you know, now that we've uncovered that this was a secret last time we talked, can you give me a number of projects you're currently working on that we don't know about yet? You can give me a ballpark too. You don't have to give me an exact number.
2: Well, there's six. Well, I'm finishing off a, a deal I had with comiXology so there was six books there. uh I don't even know if a lot of those are gonna get released. Uh, I do not know what the fuck is going on over there. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think anybody does.
2: And then, uh, and then I've got a bunch of new I I'm just about to go out and set up a bunch of new ideas. I'm probably nice. going to do like four or five new books. And then there's one thing, which is a bigger, like uh, kind of a, experimental universe idea so there's like multiple books in that. Hmm. but nice so i don't know man probably like fucking uh between 10 and, and 15 sort of wow. in various states of development
0: your uh your motivation is impressive i wish i had that kind of motivation
2: well my motivation is to uh to leave the quality of life i want and you have to write a lot of books to do that in comics <laughs>
0: The problem is you just keep buying houses, and it, it just gets harder for some reason. I don't oh, get it. I'm, dude,
2: I'm not buying mansions or anything off this. Like, let me be honest. With
0: you. Kurt Pierce, the
2: new Nick Cage. Guy owns a freaking dinosaur head. Action Comics number we need, one. We, want, we just need one of the shows to get made, and then I'll be able to buy a dinosaur. So, come on, guys.
0: And the next day, you will, you're going to go on Twitter and be like, Fuck David Brooke.
2: I'm never going on his show again. I don't need him. I wouldn't do that, actually. You're I like you, man. You're funny. You're a funny guy. And we just like, you're not like pretentious, you know? Like, I feel like I would just hang out and. uh, Yeah, if we lived with each other, maybe we could. Yeah, we would drink like 12 beers and then break some laws and then.
0: (laughs) And then read a comic book about (laughs) it. And then I'd have to make you sign some sort of (laughs) NDA. That's hilarious. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for being on the A Fifty Comics podcast. You've been canceled, FOC Monday, May fifteenth. Get your orders in now. It's out in June, uh, specifically June seventh.
2: Yeah, June seventh, you guys. This is Mad Cave's a great publisher, but they're a new publisher and they're creator on space. So it's really important that if you want to make sure you get the book, uh, that you let your shop know. So if any, everyone could do that, I'd really appreciate it. We, this book is so cool, and we put so much time into it. We just want. Uh people to give it a chance.
0: Super fun, super original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like running man. Put that on the front the front cover of the trade paperback right there. David Brooke. <laughs> 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 <great> <laughs>